my name. Thank you to Kendrick for joining me to play Heart, and thank you to you for listening. Join me on July 15th when we start a game of Long Haul 1983 with the designer Sean Patrick Kane. Also, keep your eyes out for our special Butter Princess episode coming within the next couple of hours. Our theme song is Everybody Knows My Name by Harley Poe. Thank you to Joe Whiteford for letting us use it. Until next time, remember that you are strong. You are beautiful. And you are not alone. And the place that this wisp of smoke has brought you to, there is... Looks almost like a cave entrance, but you can see that the walls of the cave beyond the entrance look like they're made out of like skin and they're this kind of like soft, pulsating material Mm. beyond uh, this wall or mountain face. Upsetting. And uh, the wisp of smoke is telling you as much as you don't want it to be the case that the way forward is into the cave. This cave. Well, if the wisp said it, I suppose it's that's what it's gotta be. I'll 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 keep my blunderbuss out. Have it loaded uh, with another shot, and having uh, my my pack over my other shoulder. I imagine I've uh, used uh, maybe like some of like some twine and like a needle to to sew up the the pack and like in the way that it was torn. And so now throw it over my shoulder, blunderbuss ready, and I and I head head into this weird flesh cave. Excellent. Good, 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 good. <laughs> good. I don't know if I'd use the word good. It is something. <laughs> so you enter into this cave, uh, and one thing that becomes immediately present is this sound of maybe drumming you don't know if it's drums or perhaps a heartbeat uh, but it is pretty loud and noticeable as you begin moving down this cave and it's it's weird like it is the ground is soft but it's firm enough that like it's not giving way but like your feet definitely sink in a little bit with every step you take. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you get a little bit deeper into the cave, you notice the walls to either side of you. There's uh, like a movement to the walls that is different than the kind of just general like pulsating that you had noticed before. Uh-huh. Great. Uh and uh as you as you pay more attention to it, the first thing you see, like 
things start to protrude from the wall, and it looks like hands pushing against the wall from the other side, almost like they're trying to escape. Do they look like they're getting close to escaping? I mean, it's hard to tell, like, the tensile strength of the of the surfaces here has been, I mean, enough that you could walk on it and not break through. Okay. Uh, but it is, like, a- as they're pushing out, you do see, like, part of the forearm starts to even come out of the wall. And uh, you can, like, see uh, just, like, the vaguest outline of an actual hand pressing out of the wall. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what, what do you do? Can I use the end of my blunderbuss to just kind of nudge it back in? To kind of, <laughs> kind of jab at it, push it, push it back in. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's not going to stop it, huh? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to necessarily make you roll for that. Like, you just kind of push, push it back in, and then, like, you see another set of hands further down pop out uh, and continue to try and try and escape. None of them seem terribly close to breaking through. Okay. At least at the moment. Great. I'm going. Uh, I, God, I guess I'm. I'm going to leave these hands alone. I don't want to. Do, I want nothing to do with these hands. I. I. I'm just going to hope and pray that they don't get out. Because I feel like if I meddle in this, the chances of them getting out only increases. That seems like a decent uh, supposition. Yeah. So as you move further down the hallway, just trying to ignore these hands, eventually you see, like, faces pushing themselves up against this wall and, like, coming out and, like, you can see just the vaguest outline of a face and it looks like it is screaming in pain. And there's this, like, wide divot where its mouth is. (sighs) Kind of the worst. Uh, But again, I'm going to keep moving forward. It can't hurt me if I'm not in the same space as it. And it's behind a flesh wall. So, uh, I'm so interested. Do... Is it, are they just, like, people? <laughs> like, is, okay, I guess, hmm, are, do they look like, are they, is it, like, rotting bodies that are trying to come through here? Are these, like, fresh bodies? Are they? <laughs> the, the, like, the, the flesh that makes up the wall is thick enough that, like, you can't really see, like, you see enough of an outline to know that it's human. Uh-huh. Right. But not enough to know, like, it could be a skeleton, it could be, I mean, it could still be, so, like, it could be a, a, a person who is alive. Mm-hmm. 
entrapped in there. Like you just don't, there's no. Yeah. That sounds like a them problem more than a me problem. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to stick around and figure out how they got stuck in there. Who knows? Maybe that's where I'm headed. So uh, let's, let's keep, let's keep moving before anything manages to push through. All right. Uh, You keep moving in the, the tunnel that you're traveling down seems to kind of like, it's not, at this point, at least, not like uncomfortably narrow, but it is definitely getting smaller. Oh no! Uh, as you travel deeper into this mountain, oh, so Maki, I know where this is going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's my hole. God, I, uh, I'm afraid that it's going to get so small that I can't keep my big bag with me. Uh. I guess I'll keep moving forward until something stops me. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. You uh, you get a little bit further in, and uh, you're traveling, and you hear not not only the drums. like you, The drums are so ever-present that you've almost gotten used to them at this point. Uh, but you hear a ripping sound. Mm-hmm. And you realize that the walls around you are starting to rip. See, that's... And tear. Uh, see, it's good. That is no good. And there is, like, blood starting to trickle down slow at first. But, like, as these walls get ripped under, more blood starts to, like, flood in. And you find yourself... Like, ankle deep in blood. Mm. That's no good. You see... Uh, from either side of this tunnel, the forms of... I think maybe it's a, an, an Alfir and a Knoll come pulling out of this wall. And... To answer your previous question, they don't look rotten Mm -hmm. or anything. It's kind of hard to tell, like, if they're dead, they're, like, recently dead. Um, But, like, it's hard to tell necessarily, like, the pallor of their skin Mm -hmm. because they're both, like, covered in blood. Right. And they pull themselves out of this wall... And look at you and snarl. I I start I start running. I start running in the, in the exact opposite. To, I guess uh are they so is it happening on both sides of me where like if I were to keep moving forward there are more of these bodies? So it's a like right so right now it's only two that have ripped through. Okay. Uh, and it looks like ahead of you you're okay. Okay. Uh, for now, at least. Uh, but like, you'll have to kind of act quick if you want to push by them. Cause they're kind of coming out right where you are at. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get through them and continue deeper into the cave, then, uh, you'll need to, to push by them. Okay, cool. 
I guess I want I want to keep heading deeper into the cave. That's where the wisp is me. So I'm gonna. Should I shoot them? I guess I should shoot them, right? I'm gonna shoot them. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot the closest one to me. Uh, this would be a test of their mortality to see if this is maybe a non-issue or at least not as bad. All right, we're gonna say that it is uh the Alfier, uh the high elf that is closest to you. Okay. Uh, so if you're gonna shoot, that would be kill. Okay. And then I'll give you a cult in this moment. This seems black magic-y. Okay. This does feel... Uh, it is going to be risky. Fair. Cool. I don't think it's dangerous yet. Okay. Kill a cult. So that's three. Oops. Oh, where'd that go? Uh, ooh, this was very bad. A one, a four, and a five. Oh no. It's <laughs> very bad. At least it was risky and not dangerous, yeah. but it's a four and not a one. <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's see. So I think this is gonna be two points of echo stress. Okay. And so I think what happens, and this is gonna I'm gonna ask a question of you mm-hmm. about uh Nosh Dodd. So the you you line up this shot, you bring your blunderbuss down, uh you aim aim, get ready to pull the trigger, take a breath, and by the time you pull the trigger, that knoll actually has closed the distance and kind of slams into you. Oof. And in that moment you realize that this knoll that has just slammed into you is you. Mm. It is a version of you that has died one of the deaths you fear. How did this version of Nashdod die? Oh, God. Um, I imagine that, okay, I imagine Nashdad, one of, one of the ways that, um, he fears of dying is being trapped somewhere and like unable to escape from that place. Um, and so I think this version of Nashdad is like gaunt to the point of like, you know, like lost all, almost all muscle mass was starved. And so like, I'm imagining like patches of fur have come off. Like you can like, like um um like as as skeletal as like a version of him with skin could look is 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 like yeah it's just like really really skinny like 
to the point of like it looks like it's hard for this thing to be able to stand because it doesn't it just doesn't have the 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 like leg mass to be able to hold the rest of its body weight it's like its nails are like filed down and like maybe like bits of like the fingertips of of it are like have been like you know kind of scraped away like a little down to the bone as like wherever it was trapped it was like trying to like claw its way out to like no avail and it's just like kind of gr- grinded it down to the bones ah uh, that is good yeah that is awful and horrifying <laughs> yeah. and heartbreaking yeah but it is very good all right. Uh, what? How much stress does that put you at? Oh, uh, jeez. Uh, that puts me at seven because I cleared that supply stress. Still enough to get major. But. All right. Yeah, and that was an eleven. So Oof. you are good for now. Oof. So you are like I don't think I don't think the emaciated Nashdad in front of you has like knocked you over. I, it doesn't sound like I don't think he has enough strength or mass to do that compared to like the size of you, Mm -hmm. especially with all of your like overstuffed gear and everything. Yeah. But he does force you to take like a couple steps back. And so you are still standing there with these two figures between you Mm -hmm. and the way forward. I think uh, Nashdad is going to try to, I'm going to try to, I don't think I can bring myself to like shoot a version of myself. <laughs> so we'll like try to just like p- like push past this one because like being like, oh, it can barely stand. If I push it down, it'll fall. It'll be fine. I can shoot the other one and keep moving. Okay. I think that's fair. So yeah, I think that will be another. I, I'm going to call it kill just because I don't think there's a better hmm. option really for like, yeah. I guess evade. I mean, kill works. I have kill. See, so yeah, maybe th- yeah, I mean, I was gonna I guess if you're trying to get past this without killing him, oh. evade might be the better. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I would say evade a cult. Okay. Uh, would be the role here to get past Gotcha. Okay. Uh, is this a uh, risk as well? I don't think this part is. Okay. Uh, at this point, like when you go to deal with the Alfir, we're probably back in risky territory. Gotcha. But with what we've just established about this version of Nashdad, I don't think yeah. he poses that much of a risk to you. Okay. Just two dice here. Uh, that is a five and an eight. So a five. All right. So a full success. So yeah, how do you how do you kind of take uh, this other version of Nashdad down without killing him? Um, I think I just like I uh, like if I'm imagining like you know I I pushed him off the first time I like there's this moment of like recognition of what this, of, of that. This is me. And 
like in that time, like it starts coming at me again. And I just like close my eyes and I just like take like the butt of the blunderbuss and just like hit it against the side, like hit it against the side of him. But like in a way that is like, it's not just like a in out kind of hit, you know, where it's just like an in and a push to try to push it to the side. And like, and like back into the wall. Yeah, I think you you managed. Yeah, I think he kind of like falls back into the hole that he ripped, uh, and like with how emaciated he is, he's like trying to get back up, but he just does not have the strength and maybe even the will to get back up. Yeah, uh, and so you are able to push back and are now standing there looking at this. Alfier, who is just covered in blood and seems pretty dead set on you not getting by. Mm. I'm gonna have to deal with it. Uh, and I'm gonna... <laughs> I, I like take I I I I imagine I've had to like, I had to like drop the bag like during that like whole ordeal uh, and as like the Alfier is like slowly making its way towards me I like sigh. I like take the bag. I throw it over my shoulder, and I just try to like cock it and uh, and fire it into the chest of this elf. All right. Uh, so yeah, that would be uh, kill and occult. Okay. I think these are probably technically more cursed, but I like they seem pretty occult too. So gotcha. Uh, this is going to be risky. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, let's see. That is a 10. Oh, two tens and a three. Nice. Get the self out of here. So, yeah, uh, you, uh, just, I think even like it starts running towards you and you like press the, like the, the barrel of the blunderbuss against its chest and pull the trigger. And its chest just explodes. Great. Perfect. And you are covered in gore. The walls are covered in... I mean, it's kind of hard. They're already kind of gory. Um, But it just slumps down. And I think for the critical success, I don't... I think maybe what I'm going to do... Let me... You find or kind of just even immediately realize that the Alfir is wearing an object of some power. Hmm. Oh. So I just rolled on the random Alfir table. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have, like, I, I have to re-roll uh, because I just rolled your brother's preserved eye in a glass jar. <laughs> It's the no, it's the matching eye. It's the other eye for the jar. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. That's so good. <laughs> uh so yeah, you uh you see like it was wearing this necklace like as it got close to you with like a jar, like a smaller jar than the one you have. Mm-hmm. Uh where it's more almost form fitting to the eye. Uh, but there is this eye, and you recognize immediately that it is 
the matching eye to this odd object you have. So yeah, that is another D8 occult item. Amazing. Uh. (laughs) What, does anything happen when you, like, basically put them next to each other? Is there any kind of, like, weird effect? I think... I think there might be a moment where, like, the two eyes look at each other. <laughs> where, like, I'm holding, I'm holding the two jars up, like, almost in disbelief. Like, there's no way. Oh my god, it's the same jars, and, um, like, I, I'm holding it up. I'm looking at it. I go like back and forth, and then the eyes look at each other, and then they both look out back at me, and then like. They kind of do, um, I think there's like this, this like kind of rapid eye movement that happens. Uh, and then all of a sudden they are in sync. And so they're like, they're acting as like two functioning eyes as, as if they were on the same person, you know? Oh, I love it. Uh, yes, that is perfect. All right. And before we get to our kind of last scene where you find the heart. I believe that you just killed someone who is stopping you from getting. Oh, you're right. Knowledge. Oh, <laughs> take that, elf. You just got me a major ability, which will probably be pretty necessary. Yeah. I need- Although the way you're rolling, it might not. Be. <laughs> we'll see. Ah, oh, I need to choose a good one. Um, jump mage. There we go. Hmm. Frenzy of the. Sp- Guy court could be pretty good. I don't have a vape though, so that doesn't. Greed of the Red King that could be interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Frenzy of the Sky Court. Okay, perfect. So yeah, I think now that the Alfir is dead and your emaciated other form is just laying in this pile of, like, ripped-up wall flesh. You continue deeper in, and it continues to get more and more narrow. And the beating of the drums gets louder. And eventually you do reach a point where you think, unless you find some way to, like, force yourself through, you're going to have to put your pack down. Oh. And you can carry like your particularly important items with you still. But I would say you're going to have to give up at least one of your like occult. Can I Oh no. I don't want to have to give them up, but can I give up these match uh these uh these candles? They are a D6 religion resource. Uh yeah, I'll let you get rid of the candles. Oh, perfect. Thank you, oh god of snuffing candles, for giving me this great boon. <laughs> Just for giving me so many candles. For giving me so many candles that I can throw away at the end of the game so I can get to, so I can get what I want. So you you drop some of your items and like among in addition to the candles, you drop some of your like other random stuff that like is nebulous and unnamed it 
continues to constrict to a point where it is almost feels almost like like a body suit hugging you as you are pushing through this narrow corridor uh and you feel kind of this reverberation through your entire body that drum beat sound gets louder and louder and you reach a point where it closes in so tight that you're afraid you might actually suffocate oh. like you might become trapped like that former version of yourself and then right as like that feeling gets the most dire you push through and you find yourself in an enormous cavern and what does the heart look like to Nashdad um i think i think the heart is this i don't want it to just be like a bean heart I mean, I guess it could be, right? Because we're in what amounts to like a big big body, it seems. Maybe Yeah. So it is it tries to it tries to appear to each person that sees it in some way that would make them feel comfortable. Uh-huh. Accepting of it. Okay. So it could kind of be as weird as you want it to be, but a thing that would at first at least put Nashdad at some some level of comfort. Oh. Oh, this is weird. Um Okay. Oh, okay. What if what if it's a big head? <laughs> I'm imagining like coming like sprouting from the ground is like is like the neck and then like on to, I mean obviously like a head, right? There's uh, on top of the neck maybe like bits of this like flesh cavern. Maybe it has like those weird like, maybe like this is where the nerve endings are ending up, right? Where it is this huge head maybe open at like the crown where it's like part of whatever brain i guess is exposed and like the weird like the nerve endings of like the weird like nerve forest trees like they they go underground they find themselves here and i'm imagining this face rather this head uh, has two empty eye sockets and yes yeah right uh, yeah i think you can tell where i'm going with this and it's like just this big eyeless head with like weird nerves that are like connecting to like all oh, this weird network of nerve endings that go from inside of here and out into the rest of the heart oh i love it <laughs> that is real weird but i mean we started this game with puddles of blood that turn into people exactly right this is uh par for the course so yeah so you you enter this just enormous cavern it might be the biggest space nashdad has ever seen Mm -hmm. like i think maybe like multiple miles across 
and just growing up out of it is this is it a is it human is it noel is it alfier i think let's do drow we've seen everyone else let's okay do drow. so yeah it is this giant drow head and i think since it's drow it has like a a tattoo on its giant face of the moon Ooh. and it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't seem at this point to notice you. It is so gigantic that like a, a normal sized being is so inf- infinitesimal compared to it. So what do you do when you enter this room? I think like immediately, like I'm imagining as I was like pulling, like, I guess, yeah, if it got so small to the point where I could, couldn't even, like, I was afraid that I would, like, suffocate in it. I imagine I had to leave the bag, right? There, there was a point where I had to, I had to leave it. But I think the, the only things that I kept with me is I had those two jars and I had them, like, under my arm and I was pulling them through. Um, and, like, now that, like, I'm in this room, I, like, I have these jars and I'm, like, I'm looking around in amazement and fear and, like, awe and, like, this place is so grotesque, but like enchanting in such a way. And I think there is, <laughs> there's this kind of realization as he's like looking around and sees the head and sees the missing eyes and like looks down at the jars that are just like looking back at him, staring him dead in the eyes that he kind of realizes what it is that he's had with him so far, where he realizes that technically everything that he wanted, he had had since he got to the heart, but just never to. Yeah, him. he's had the he's had a piece of the heart the whole time, <laughs> which is not a thing I realized until right this second <laughs> that I didn't realize I'm, that setup <laughs> for this. The magic was in <laughs> the eye and the jar all along. <laughs> exactly. The piece of the heart was the eye we stole at the start. (laughs) God. Yeah, I think that, like, that realization just flushes over him. And, like, he just kind of slumps. Like, realizing, like, like, the, (laughs) the, the most insane thing has happened. All this work. All of the people he's killed, all of the things he's stolen, all of like the I'm sure like the the pain he's been in. I, I'm sure he has not gotten through everything without like having taken a few blows here or there. Like the the pain and the 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 healing he's had to go through, the struggle, all these nights staring and like desiring and like in want at the very thing that he has wanted this whole time, not realizing what it was. All of it feels like it was for nothing because he's had it this whole time. That is, that is heartbreaking. (laughs) Oh, I had, I had thought that there was going to be some kind of big encounter here at the heart, but I don't, I also I I didn't realize what was going to happen until we got here. Either. 
Yeah, I don't. So what does what does Nashdad do? Does he see what happens if he returns the eyes? Yeah. Does he just kind of leave? I think. <laughs> yeah. Does he just drop the jars and leave? I think at this point, like he's he above everything else is curious, right? Like now that he knows he's had this part, I guess he's like, well, why? Like, what is this? Did it want me to bring it back? And I imagine that this head has like a mouth as well. So I think part of it is like, he's like, is it going to talk to me? Like, I'm going to give it back its eyes and see if it that'll do something. Like, this can't be for nothing, right? There has to be something, some reason. And like, it goes, he like opens the jars and like, Oh, holds the eyes in his hands as they're just like looking at him and like will slowly just go and like try to climb up the head and put the eye because the eyes are also so small in comparison to this big head so he's like well what is it yeah we we established him as a normal sized eyes so what yeah, he he like I guess to- I guess he like tosses the eyes into the holes and sees what happens. So just to just because we need a roll of some sort, I'm gonna say this is gonna be delve slash religion. Okay, I'm progressing into a dangerous territory and dealing with godlike thing. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, I have delve and religion to try and climb this god face yeah to return its eyes <laughs> yeah. all right that's a sentence i don't think i would ever think i would say yeah well, uh and this is we're gonna call it risky well i rolled a three a four and a one <laughs> all right so that's, so that's not the best it's not good <laughs> it's not good at all all right, I am. Ooh, that was unpleasant as well. Uh, that is going to be six mind stress. Oh, jeez. Just... So what does that put your... <laughs> it puts it at 13. All right. <laughs> uh... It's not... Oh, wait, did I get... Did I get echo? No, oh, I you should have cleared... Yeah, I should have cleared echo, right? Was that what that other fallout yes. was in? Okay. Yes, that was. So it's only seven, echo, I believe. We're only at seven. Thank God. Okay, I did roll a five. Okay. Uh, so that is going to be some minor mind fallout. Understandable. I really want to give you fascination where you become obsessed with something, but that's so much of like a long term thing. Yeah. That, like we're not going to get to see. So I think I think we're going to do weird. You do something unsettling that would bother normal people. Uh, so what do you, uh, you, so you try to climb this face and I think the like skin of the face starts to rip away as soon as you start climbing up it. Uh, and you kind of like, I'm not even going to say you fall uh, since we're doing mind stress. Uh-huh. I think you managed to get like part of the way up. And you're clinging to this and like your hands are ripping into its face, into the flesh. 
Uh, so what do you, how does Nashdad react? Um, God. So I'm like ripping into the, oh God. I think there is like a fear, right? There, there is like, there is this, (laughs) it's that fear of like, when you, if you're, if you're like a child, right? And you know, you're doing something with a parent, right? Or they're like walking you through the steps of something and you're following the steps and then you mess up really bad, like right in front of them. And you, there's the, like that freezing moment where you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? I messed up really, really bad. (laughs) And I don't want them to yell at me. I'm sorry, but like you, like you're just like froze. So like, there's this moment where he's just like holding on, like t- like still like actively like tearing into the face of this thing, but is just like frozen in fear because he has no idea what this thing's reaction is going to be. Oh, oh, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> All right, so you are still like you. You didn't lose any ground necessarily, but you're now like, we'll say maybe like the upper part of the jaw, mm-hmm. uh, kind of just clinging there. And like, you're starting to loot. Like if you stay in the same place, you're just going to like start to fall and just like rip the flesh all the way down to the ground. Uh-huh. But like, you could find a way to continue up. Okay. I'm going to try to find a way to continue up. If it is, if it seems like I still can, I want to, I want to try to do what's right by this big head. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, let's do another, I guess, unless you have a different course of action, perhaps with spells or anything, uh, it would be another delve religion. To try and just continue. The only spells I have are the ones that give me protection, which honestly wouldn't be a bad move. Um, And also to drown something, which I'm only now thinking, does this thing have lungs? It might. I, I don't know if it's, it's lungs might be like a whole space within like this world. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what that would be like just drowning. Like a whole, I mean, I guess that is a question that. That would 100% be going through Nastad's mind right now is like, what are its lungs? What are, what are they like? What would happen if I flooded them? What would happen if I flooded them? I mean, you could certainly find out. I, I think he wants to see if it talks first before <laughs> before he tries to before before he, it, depending on depending on how his interaction with the head goes, we'll see. But uh, he's going to try to continue. All right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, give me a a del a risky uh, delve plus religion. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> no. What happened to all the good rolls? I wasted them at the beginning. Uh that's a six, a five, and a one. Alright, so a five. Yeah. 
All right. I am going to, I'm definitely going to assign stress, but I'm going to also say, cause I want to see Nashdad get uh, to the top of this. So like he's going to get there, uh, but it is, he's going to, he's going to take, uh, he's going to take some damage of some sort. So that is going to be five points of echo. And uh, you cleared mind stress. Yeah, I'm at six stress. Six stress? Yeah. All right, I rolled an eight. So you are uh, for now good. And I think what happens is as you continue to climb this face and you continue to like rip into its skin as you're climbing up, you feel this like burning sensation on your face. Mm. Almost like something is trying to rip and tear at the skin of your face, but you are able for now to kind of resist whatever this thing that is kind of attacking your physicality is. Oh, Okay. And I think as you crawl or claw your way up this face, you eventually get to like the bridge of the nose where you can kind of stand there and get to the edge of the eyes. All right. I, I take one last look at the eyes before tossing them into the, into the holes. I don't know which one's the right one for each hole, but I I don't imagine it matters too much. I think uh, I think uh, you know a blind god after how, who knows how long of being blind is probably not going to be terribly picky if you mix yeah. it up. And I think actually I think this might be a good place to wrap the session up. So as you pull these eyes out of their vials. And you throw them into these sockets. The last thing you see is the look in the eyes as you throw them in starts as a look of pleading and turns to a look of fear. As they begin to roll around in these sockets, these giant eye sockets, and you hear this like creaking, groaning sound as they begin to grow to fill up these eye sockets. Mm-hmm. And where we will end is just this entire cavern being filled with this awful, terrifying, evil laughter as the blind god can see again. Yay! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So great! (laughs) Oh my god. That was great. That was great. That was that was 
a lot of fun. <laughs> I know that it it went it started nowhere near what I expected, and it went in very different directions, and I loved every second of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. <laughs> oh, that was good. It is. I, I I often find like when I finish a session, I'm just like I, I want to I like this is a podcast. I need to keep talking. Yeah. But I also kind of just want like a moment of silence to like just bask in the story that we just told. I agree. There was I <laughs> when I when I came up with the weird eye that stared at me. At no point was I expecting for that to come full circle. I thought that was just going to be a, yeah. a throwaway object that I'd come up with. And I love the fact that you're like, all right, let me come up with something really weird. Yeah. Uh, and then we rolled on a different table. Uh, and it was just the, the really weird thing that you came up with trying to like get yourself in the headspace of art. Yeah. Right. I, I had, I, I full, full disclosure had not read any of those lists at no point. Did I know that a, an eye in a jar was in any, was in any list was a possibility. There's no way I could have known that it would come up again. It was just, uh, that was that was just a moment. I I love random tables so much, and like this was the perfect example of when a random table is just like the greatest thing ever. Right. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Yeah, this book I love. I love so much about like I was talking to someone not too long ago. Like the thing that they do in both Spire and Heart that I love is being so evocative but leaving so much open for the the players to define mm. like the 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 priests of uh, Mayror mm-hmm. uh like Mayror is a god in the book oh uh and like literally the entire description is Mayror the god of snuffed candles whose priests are pacifist cannibals that's insane <laughs> that's so good i and that's it. Like, that's all it gives you. And I was like, that's like the coolest idea ever. And I love that. Like we get to explore that and like decide what all of that means. Yeah. In the moment. Oh, that's so good. This was amazing. I loved every second of this. Yeah. Thank you so much for, uh, for, uh, agreeing to come on and play this. Uh, it was even better than I could have hoped for. Yeah, no, thank you so much for inviting me. This was so much fun. I'm glad that both of us finally got a chance to play this game. And I I, I loved every moment of it. God, that was so good. Yeah, that worked. That worked out well. Um, so uh, before we sign off, uh, again, uh, give folks, let folks know where they can find you on the internet. On, on the Twitters and the TikToks. Yeah. And all of those uh, places. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on most social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, uh, and Twitch, uh, at Kendo Makes Films. That's K-E-N-D-O-M-A-K-E-S-F-I-L-M-S, uh, where I talk primarily about like tabletop RPGs, 
other stuff that I do, like uh, play video games on Twitch, uh, that kind of stuff. But you can find uh, my actual play podcast, Tales Yet Told, at Tales Yet Told. That's T-A-L-E-S-Y-E-T-T-O-L-D um, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, episodes come out every Wednesday, uh, like early in the day. So like by the time you wake up, it should be out for you to watch. Awesome. Well, yeah, everyone, everyone should uh, go listen to Tales Yet Told immediately. Check out all of your other content because it's all all great. Oh, thank you. Um, and thank you again for uh, for coming on the show. Hello and welcome to You Are Not Alone. You Are Not Alone is a one with one horror actual play podcast. I'm Blaine, your host and RPG loving friend. There's a little rebranding there. I recently recorded an episode with Brian Sego, which I'll talk about in a second. And afterwards, Brian pitched calling what I do here one with one, as opposed to 1v1, because of the collaborative storytelling that we're doing. I honestly love the idea, and it'll probably take me a little while to get used to saying it, but I think it's here for good. So in addition to helping rebrand You Are Not Alone, Brian Sago also recently started a Kickstarter for a really awesome game called Butter Princess. Played it twice now, and it rocks. It is based on Trophy Dark and tells the story of the gastronomical and agricultural horrors found at the Minnesota State Fair. The game is amazing, has a little over two weeks left on Kickstarter, and it is well past its goal. The game is mostly done, so if you back it, you'll get the PDF as soon as the campaign is over. Most likely later today, the full episode of Brian and I playing Butter Princess will be available in your feeds. If you want to recommend a game, be a guest, or just say hi, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at youarenotalonepod at gmail.com or on Twitter at notalone underscore har. This episode, we're wrapping up our game of heart with Kendra from Tales Yet Told. Last we left Nashadad, he got a powerful book of spells from the priests of Mayror and used a ritual to take him to his heart's desire. A golden trail of smoke led him out into the barren wastes, until eventually he found himself in a forest full of trees made of nerve and he fought a pack of eye-headed vultures and eventually found his way to a tunnel seemingly made of flesh that led deep below a mountain range. So let's see where Nashadad's heart's desire is, shall we? Foolishness will hand the careless lies to me. They don't fear what they 
my love. 